What's up, traders? Welcome back to the Day Trading Show. In today's episode, we've got another special guest. Mark comes in from actually James's neighborhood, and we talk a lot about prop trading. We talk a lot about today's current market and what Mark has learned in his trading career, which spans all the way back to the early 2000s. So you're going to take a lot of value. Make sure you shut off trading view, put your phone away, and enjoy the episode. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have another special guest. Mark is coming to us all the way from James's neighborhood, actually, right? From South Africa. So this should be really exciting because Mark has extensive experience trading with prop firms. He's seen all of these funding companies come up and fa some fail, some succeed. So I feel like, Mark, we have a lot to talk about. But thanks for being here, brother. It's really good to meet you. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was saying before we started recording, you and James know each other kind of like through some mutual friends, you were watching rugby and kind of hit it off. What was it, James, that like in the conversation with Mark that said to you, oh, we got to get this guy on the podcast. I'm curious. What, what made you think I want Mark on the show? Yeah, no. Um, so like I'm quite hesitant on the weekends, as I was saying, um, to speak to guys about trading that also you don't know how much um, one knows like in depth about trading or how seriously they do take their trading, you know? Yeah. I um, mean, then when Mark started mentioning prop firms and that he works for storm trading, which he'll talk about more later in the, in the episode, but I was like, yeah, this guy's proper. Like, geez, he works full time as a trader. Um, and he was mentioning guys like, you know, books like Mark Belifiore and we're talking about Steve Burns and stuff like that. And then um, the fact that he was trading full time for a prop firm, um, which, uh, which is, which is amazing, you know? Um, and then on top of that, I uh, just mentioned the books and then I was like, you know, this guy's proper. And the way that he speaks, you know, his lingo, you can just hear when someone he speaks. He didn't call himself a trade. NASDAQ killer, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <That's a joke. laughs> exactly. So no, that's good. That's good. So Mark, with your um, experience with your prop firm, how long have you been trading there? You said it's 2011? Yeah, since the end of 2011. So we are going on 11 years, just so, I would say almost 11 years, yeah. How big is the firm now? Is everybody in office or do they have remote traders too? Um, so since COVID happened, there was there's probably a few breakouts that happened. And uh, I was one of those guys that actually broke away at the time. I'm still working with them, but just remotely now. Nice. Um, but uh, most of the guys are actually still in-house. And mm. it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a... a, a an amazing place i'm not gonna lie it's it's a big house it's like a big mansion that um, these guys started probably in the early 2000s um and, and the guys that started actually came from the the stock market floor in johannesburg the jsc um the johannesburg stock exchange um, so they're real old school guys i mean right. they're all in their late 50s 60s now and they started this firm and they may they probably to be to begin with it was probably only about 10 or 11 guys that started and um they were all had trading backgrounds somewhat um but they really became sort of an elite uh, a group of guys and quite well known around south africa i mean i would say storm's probably yeah probably the most well known and probably best prop firm definitely best prop firm i would say in south africa um but back back to to what the the actual place was, um, and when I started my journey there, it was uh, it was this big house, and and I mean I started with three other guys, and we all went in there as junior traders with these senior traders. We we're only a few years older than us, uh, 
and a couple of guys a lot older with experienced guys sort of the guys funding the whole thing right um and yeah the, the, this mansion was i want to like say it was like a wolf of wall street type uh <laughs> like mansion i mean we had this huge bar we had a we had a swimming pool we had a chef we had a private chef um we had a gym uh and then all of this was on the downstairs and upstairs was this uh this massive black trading floor with just all these monitors and I mean TVs and the, the, yeah, you name it. It was the, the real deal. So what brought you to the firm originally? What, did you know you just wanted to get into trading and they were the best option? Yeah. So I, I, I studied finance um, at university and uh, I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to go in trading, but I, I had a knack for, for, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I played a lot of online poker, that sort of thing. I mean, I know a lot of traders say that they did that uh, before they went. So I had a bit of risk appetites and I wasn't scared to maybe gamble a little bit. And, and I was, I mean, I was young. I was, I was 23, I think when I started and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I went, I went in there with the mindset of um, a sort of a casual place. And, and I was, yeah, straight away I was I was knocked straight back down to ground and and, and showing that this is like the, the 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 real deal I mean you you can't mess around yeah you're not you're playing with real money and you're playing in a real markets and it, it was a, a very rude awakening for me but a really good way rude awakening for sure so what was the learning curve like when you first showed up was it like they were teaching you how to trade so maybe in first six months to a year you start to make some money or was it kind of like hey you're in here, figure it out for yourself. No, so it, it was, there was a real program that the guys um, implemented with us. And I, I think Storm would normally only take about two or three new guys on every year. So it was quite a hard thing to get into. Um, and I was lucky I had a, a connection and a family connection that, that sort of got me into the door. And that's why I joined the, the, the three traders that, we, that I started with. Uh, yeah. We started our journey together. And it was about three months of like hard research, basically studying, like they, they kind of made you study things that, I mean, when you go live in trading, they were all irrelevant, but it was all just a base building experience, I think. Sure. Um, and I mean, we would have morning meetings every morning. We'd have to do market research and us as the junior guys would have to do, put forward trade ideas. We'd have to like really give our input to try and show that we had, had what it takes. Um, so we had about a three-month period of, of doing that. And then we started uh, a three-month demo period where we would go in the market, but with demo accounts. And that was that was a, an interesting time for me, especially. I think the other two traders that were with me, they um, they were making like profits on the demo accounts. And I was just making loss after loss after loss. Really? It was, yeah, it was, but I, I guess it was just such a, you had to be real, really honest with yourself trading a demo accounts because when you when you go live, then there's there's no there's no fooling anybody. The market was the yeah. was the period on the demo account when you look back on it, was it really important for you? Because you know everybody that you talk to about trading talks crap about demo accounts. They say don't use them, it doesn't do but I've always told people like when you're new, it's stupid to put live money in. Cause what if you put the wrong position size in or you make a mistake? So when you look back on it, do you think that that demo period, even though there was a lot of losses, do you feel like it was still valuable to your longer term growth? Uh, most definitely. I mean, I, yeah, especially when it comes to execution and, and the kind of style of trading we were doing, we were, we were trading equities um, on the Johannesburg stock exchange. And 
you had to learn to execute, especially on the platforms you were using. It was quite complicated. It wasn't as simple as, okay, just yeah, buy or sell. It was, there was a lot of things that could go wrong and did go wrong. I'm not going to lie. There were, there were a few times where we would put in the, put in the price of the share and or put in the volume instead of the price. And all of a sudden right. hit that's exactly what I'm saying. You meant 10 lots thing, and you end up with a hundred lots or something like that. Right. It, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there were a few finger faults, which, um, and at the time also there was no like, uh, stop losses that were guaranteed or anything. It was, it was very much like, Oh shit, you take the loss. That's tough tackies. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very worthwhile having that demo time, um, and really getting that execution ironed out. So now being there so long, are you now one of the senior traders there helping to coach the newer guys, or are you more focused just on trading the capital that the firm has allocated to you? Yeah, so for me now, um, I'm yeah purely uh, focused on trading for myself right now. Especially when when I left the the actual physical firm um, to go remote, it's been hard. Um, only in the last few years have we started using Discords and that as well to help the the newer guys. Yeah. But all new all the new traders that they take on will have to go through the firm. Nobody, nobody they won't take on anybody. Yeah, they won't take anybody on remote. I don't think. What do you think the reason for that is? Is it because the learning in person is just so much more fast-paced and impactful? Is that really it? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, just just to be honest, like from the, so we started in 2012, we went live. I think the, the guys the following year, there were three guys probably for the next three years on uh, per year that came into the firm. Not, not one of those guys is still around wow. in, yeah. in terms of trading. Yeah. yeah. So there was Why a do you think that is? Years. Do you think that it's just because the prop firm environment is hard or do you think it's the market itself is just not for everybody? Yeah, I think the market got a bit tough uh, over that period. Um, but at the same time, I just think, yeah, the guys weren't cut out. And I mean, I think it's, it's, it is, it's a tough game to, to survive, yeah. especially the long game. Yeah. Um, it was, there were a few guys that made quick bucks here and there but that's yeah they I mean, fade you know they fade they don't last <laughs> they it, fade exactly yeah i find the the background makes the difference in how long someone lasts so for you to have the background from a professional standpoint before the firm but then also to have the characteristics of you know playing poker and learning how to read risk and try to understand i find that some of the best traders that i know consider themselves degenerate gamblers outside of their trading they somehow have a switch where they can apply good risk and good rules when it comes to trading but they love to gamble you know they love to say yeah. i'll bet you 50 bucks or 100 bucks i'll bet you 200 bucks on this or that they love to play the odds of probability you know wouldn't you agree yeah, that, that's definitely true. Uh, even myself, sometimes I'm, I'm always open for a sports bet or, of or something course. like that. I mean, of course. It's, it's, yeah, it's so in now, the nature. What are you doing for fun, Mark? Are you getting time off the desk or is the prop firm environment really as intense as they say? Because, you know, funding companies like James and I are working with these funded companies that they don't teach you at all. They just say, if you can yes. get if you can trade well, you get funded. It's different than a prop firm. I feel like a prop firm is like such a family more environment. Am I right or am I wrong in that? Uh, you are very right. So we're back to Storm now. Um, the the culture that that was that, that that was there was was such a big factor in terms yeah. of probably my success and a lot of the guys that are still there now today. Yeah. Um, I think the the motto at Storm, and it was on the bar. Um, 
above our bar. It was called One Team, One Dream. And it was the One Team, One Dream bar. And this bar was quite a centerpiece to the, the firm itself. I mean, guys would go there, go down to the bar after work, whether they won or lost, and they would have a, a drink together and just discuss the day and what happened. And, and you know what I mean? It, it was a real camaraderie that sort of was created. And that, that culture, I think, is, is a huge factor. Do you and miss it? I mean, being at home, do you miss I, it? I, I do. I'm not going to lie. I do. I figured. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I try to go back there a few times a year just to, to yeah, catch up and, and see the guys and, and really get into it. It's such a miss or, or not talked about enough topic in trading. I feel like it's the camaraderie and the community that you need in order to grow. Like if you just try to go trade mm -hmm. off on your own, how far is that really going to get you? You're getting no feedback. You're getting no new ideas. You're repeat. You're just building on bad habits because no one's telling you that they're wrong. It's so terrible to be off on your own. Not even all of that. Just like you said, to just go and talk to someone and be like, hey, man, how'd you do today? Oh, you lost 20 grand. I lost 40. Okay, let's have a drink. Yeah. Cheers. Like, let it go. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. something that I've learned in my coaching, and I think James will tell you too, like Ivan, one of our guys in our black shirt club, he recently was talking about how he feels like he kind of fell out of focus, fell out of routine, got distracted. But being able to then come and vent that to our team, he got such great feedback in the chat last night. One of the guys in our group literally, so Tom answered Ivan and someone else in the group said, Tom, I wish you would be my dad, bro. You give such great advice. <laughs> but it's so true because if Ivan was to just be off on his own, I don't know that he would even come back to trading or, yeah. or have the motivation to come back. So I think it's very under discussed how important the community is. So now being remote, what are you doing to stay tapped into the community? Um, well, yeah, just going back to that. So when yeah. I actually did leave uh, yeah. uh, and go remote, I did have a, a period where I was yeah, trading by myself for the first time, trading out of our spare bedroom. Like right. uh, uh, I had no interaction. I was, yeah, no, no, trade ideas were coming my way or guys shouting this there that's happening this there missing breaking news sort of thing right um so i did i went through a lull period with my trading and uh, probably towards the end of 2020 2020 during covid was actually a really good time for trading just for yep. volatility i mean right. crashing it then but then towards the end i was i guess i missed the, the yeah having uh, people around me again and it was it became a tough environment um but slowly i've kind of got myself back on um, like back to where I should be in terms of my trading. And I guess the, the discord facilities, um, that sort of thing has helped also meeting with friends that are traders or other traders. Um, now that I live in Durban, not Cape Town, um, I have met a few guys and luckily to meet G James now as well in the last few weeks. Um, Cause we'll definitely, we'll definitely continue our conversations going forward. You know, um, it's funny. You never know who's trading right around the corner. Yeah. I just had a call with a guy today <laughs> and he was like, mm. I was like, where are you calling me from? He's selling yacht insurance, like big, big yachts insurance for that. I'm, he's looking to get into trading. He saw my course and everything. And he's like sitting on this boat. And I'm like, bro, where are you calling me from? I'm thinking he's going to say the Caribbean or something. He said, St. Petersburg. I'm like, bro, you're 20 minutes south of me. That's crazy. I didn't even know you were here. And he's like, yeah, my buddy, Matt, I do know Matt. He lives around here. He's a trader. So I try to get all of the guys together for like networking for just some beers occasionally. Yeah. But like, yes. I have found that when you're remote, you have to be on discord. You've got to be talking to other traders. You've mm. got to be on some type of app. Cause if you just sit here by yourself all day, I think you go crazy. Wouldn't you agree, James? Yeah. 
Big time. Like I was going to say, um, like that's also the thing that cool that why I wanted to get Mark on the podcast is because he's got experience. I mean, he's 34 years old now. He's Mark, you are 10 years older than me now, but um, like Mark's already someone that I look up to. Um, and I've only met him now for what, three weeks, not even for three weeks. So last week, Friday, I went to his, um, to his trading room where he is now, uh, because he stays literally 20, 20 minutes, uh, 25 minute drive, um, back into Mklanga, um, from, from Belito. And I went there and we just spoke trading for literally like I was going to go there for like an hour or two. I sat there for like four and a half hours and we just spoke trading. I think the cool thing is that, um, and not about like the camaraderie and that type of thing is, um, traders we 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 crazy people bro we uh to to trade full-time like you have to be you have to have balls and you got you crazy like just to vent to someone else about trading and like the losses that you've taken in trading and the experiences that you've had and how tough and resilient you have to be and speaking to mark like that but in person not even over the phone or thing or on discord is like it does really really help um especially from someone that's had it and been there and seen seen everything for for a lot longer than you as well so touching on that it's a great segue into my next question for Mark. Do you feel, Mark, that because you mentioned already trading during COVID was good after COVID, it got a little hairy where with markets where they're at right now, what let's say first, what are you trading most? Is it still the JSE or have you shifted to U.S. equities now? Um, so I am currently trading, I would say I'm trading my, my indices a lot lately that has been sort of where my focus has been. Yeah. I'm still trading the, the JSE. Every day I'll trade the JSE. It's sort of my bread and butter. It's it's for me, it's like it's like riding a bike for me. I'll 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 mainly trade the morning or the, the afternoon session. <clears throat> but um yeah so so now but my, my, my big focus really is is the indices at the moment. Um mainly yeah, the, the dial and NASDAQ S P and then also trade the the futures market of the JSE itself. Uh, the Aussie. Um, How liquid is that? Is that super liquid? Yeah, so that's liquid. The the JSC itself is not liquid. Okay, so that's it's a tough thinking. environment. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the JSC trading on the the equity exchange. Yeah, it's it's not liquid. It's a tough environment. Um, and I have been trading the US equities now, and I'm about to start going like seriously live into trading the US equities now. Also funded by Storm. Um, and that's, that's my next step now. And I have, I've experienced in it. So I mean, I've traded US indices before, but on, on random platforms and I've never really got it right. And now we've got the, the full setup coming and it's, it's a real, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, no, for sure. Cause for I sure. think, yeah, so with that's, that, Mark, there's a game there. Yeah. Yeah. With, I wanted to ask Mark with that, um, with, with uh, trading the JSE and now going into trading the US equities, how are you actually uh, taking your positions? Is it through technical analysis, reading the tape, fundamental bias? How are you finding your positions or your, your, uh, and how are you taking your positions? So what type of analysis? Um, so the type of trader I've been in and the type of trader I sort of was groomed to become when I, when I started trading with Storm, was mainly reading the tape. We we learned price action from the get go, and it was a, it was at a time also when algorithms were starting to come into the market. It was yeah, I think like 2013, 2014, the algorithms really came into the markets, and high frequency trading really came into the market. So us as as day traders, intraday traders, were now up against these algos, and we had to we had to really up our game to stay alive trading because i mean you couldn't you couldn't get prices especially with the liquidity you would you'd miss your price or miss your stop loss because 
the elbows would shake you out or it, it became quite a, a hard game at the time, but we, we adapted quite quickly with that um, and actually learned to read the algorithms and start picking mm -hmm. up on how to manip manipulate the algorithms almost. Right. Um, it's just a formula, obviously right? Like if it's just a formula, you can figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at one, at one point we even had um, some big bank from London came over and, and asked us to test their algorithms um, wow. on demo accounts. And we, we were, it was like a game for us. So we were like, okay, we'll try beat the algorithms. And right. obviously it, it was a bit to our detriment later on because then all of a sudden the algorithms are obviously AI and, and they were picking up and they, they were machine learning. So they, they kept getting better and we could only be as good as we were. But I mean, we, we also improved. So I'm not gonna lie, we got, we got quick execution. I used to go and take my keyboard home and practice how quickly I could type just to like really get the prices I was looking for. Yeah, it's in that fast-paced environment. Wow, yeah, that's um, crazy. That's crazy, bro. But that, that actually yeah. is a really good point because I think what you show there, and I think really good traders do this, is that they're always willing to see what they're doing and look for room for improvement, look for growth. So now at this point, you're saying you're pushing into indices a little bit more. What are you doing off the desk or before or after trading to still push yourself to grow trading remote, but then going in and trading a new market. I'm curious, what's your plan to stay growing? Yeah. yeah. Over the last two years, I would say yeah. my, my real focus has been my mental game. Um, purely because I think that's for me, my next step to, to better myself with trading. And it's, it's such a, I mean, a lot of traders will tell you, yeah, mental, you have to be, you have to have the right mindset. You've got to keep your emotions intact. Your psychology has got to be right. I mean, there's so many factors that play it, but like, I just, I just keep focusing on that. And I mean, that's in my off time now, I'm always, always listening to audio books or something just with a mental strength, uh, maybe not relevant to trading, maybe it's sports or whatever, but it's always just mindset. Psychology, just human beliefs, whatever it is, like some, some, why are we thinking the way we think? Right. It, exactly that. Yeah. So that's where I, my main focus has, has turned in terms of my trading. I feel like I'm capped in terms of my, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm capped. You never, but you know how to trading, read a chart. Always standing. I know right. how to read a chart. Yeah. I, know, I know how to read tape. I know how to read sentiments and study the markets. Um, but uh, yeah, the mental no. game is the, the thing that takes you to the next stage. Have you read um, The Mental Game of Trading by Jared Tendler? We're just have you talking read? about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I have, uh, I've read it a few times, actually. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. And and every time I read it, it just always, it's, it's new things pop up that I didn't think of the first time. It's not a, like, and then common, so rare. It's not a common book yeah. either, you know? No, exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's not that big on, it, on Twitter either. Right. Um, I just wanted to also ask, sorry, Mark, with, uh, so with, uh, um, you know, you've spoken about now how you read the tape and to take the, the trades and everything. We were speaking on before, before the, um, before the recording about how you're scaling in and out of your positions. And uh, Jared Tender actually mentioned, um, mentioned that about uh, uh, scaling in and out of his positions or he, how he's met great people that scale in and out of positions. How, uh, what do you think of that? And do you do that personally? Um, so back, back to Storm now, there was a big post up in Storm saying uh, losers average losers. Mm. Um, and it's, it's always stuck with me. But at the same time, 
a good trader will know how to average and will know when to double down or will know like sometimes the best traders actually that's when they'll make their their wins it'll come from that and maybe their their initial entries were wrong and so yeah for me personally i i will enter trades um smaller especially now on my initial entry and i will look to average when i feel the time is right or things are turning or yeah also I will have, I like to almost have a core position going on a lot of the time. And then I'll add to that core or take off that core. So mm-hmm. reason being it's, I've always got skin in the game. So I'm always watching closely and yeah, maybe I won't sleep as much because I'm always checking the market middle of the mm-hmm. night or whatever, but it's, it's something that it's, it sticks with me. And it won't be a big position, but it'll be a, a position. So I've always got something in the game and it's always keeping me, I'll know exactly where that price is and I'll know what's what's going on around that price or what's mm-hmm. affecting that price. Would you agree that not trading? Look, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, Mark. So would you agree that yeah. not look like if you look at too many things, if you try to trade too many things, it gets distracting and you can't fall in line with the one or two things. And that's kind of why you have something on all the time. So you can feel like I'm, I'm all right, we're in bullish trend now. Tomorrow I'm going to come in and add to buys, that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. I do agree with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, with with the JSC and and the, the trading equities in the JSC, I just I know those shares inside and out now. Right. Like, uh, just so for me, it's it's yeah, it's every day I come in, I kind of know where things should be priced. Um, it, although every day is a new day, it's, I kind of know where it should be priced. But then trading with the indices and stuff now, it's uh, that's where I, I like to just I keep a core position and and have skin in that game and. A lot of the time, I'll also hedge myself. I'll, I'll get into a long S&P and a short NASDAQ and, and I'll start maybe adding to the S&P if I feel like the market's turning and if the market's turning to the upside and, and I'll, I'll get cut out of some of that position, right. cut right. the NASDAQ, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that experience I also gained uh, from Storm. We did, we did a few years where we were managing funds for for clients um and but we had our own we, we were our own discretion we we had yeah we, we had a very limited mandate at the time um obviously now it's a little bit more specific but at the time we could trade at our own will and it, yeah it taught us our own strategies in terms of how to win basically so we had to learn like yeah i love and, that did, and, did and the pro- sorry go ahead finish no it, basically it, it wasn't wasn't by the book in terms That's of what how, I was going to ask. Did the should, prop firm have yeah. their own strategies? Did you have proprietary stuff that they were teaching you that you couldn't find elsewhere? I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That was and sort of does, how it just came about. Does that go from strategy down to mental game, or is it really just technical strategy and fundamental bias and reading the tape and that kind of stuff? Was the proprietary stuff? Did they have other ways of helping you hack your mental that other people aren't talking about? So initially they didn't, but they did jump on that when they could see that the traders were struggling because, uh, yeah, everybody goes through their bad phases and bad times. And yeah, at, at a point, Storm eventually got a, a a coach in for us to like all have sessions with just to try and help us there. Yeah. And it, I mean, it made a big difference. The yeah. guys all, yeah. and a lot of them didn't need to continue coaching off that because they kind of almost started coaching themselves. Right. Um, Myself included, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it not that sense. you ever stop doing it. You got to keep doing it. You got to. Right. Keep. It's one thing to be coached versus one thing to always be learning. 
if you get to a yes. certain point where like the mental side of that coaching is not needed in your day-to-day doing it yourself, I totally understand that for sure. You mentioned that you read the tape. Are you reading the tape on the indices as well? How does that work? Because from my understanding of the tape, you're reading it based on the pricing of the broker. So do you trust a specific broker to read their tape? Is that how you would lean into it? Yeah. So on the indices, um, I haven't been reading the tape as much also because it's, it's trickier to pick up on the algorithms. Um, well, from, from my personal experience, like for me compared to equities, but like, I mean, when I jumped onto the U S equity market, it was pretty much exactly the same as what the Johannesburg stock exchange market is, um, in terms of reading the tape and the algorithms and the order flow and, the, and picking up on orders and, and seeing how things turn or pattern recognition, but pattern recognition, not on a chart based on, on price the numbers. and based on order. Yeah. Flow. Based on price. Exactly that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so with the with the indices, I'm not I'm not reading the tape with the indices right now. I'm using a little bit more technicals, sentiment, and yeah, a couple of other which kind of makes sense. Play, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Because again, like with the indice, how do you know its exact amount of orders? Especially nowadays, I remember in 2016 they said that there was like call it X amount of retail traders in the world. And I'm sure that some part of that is prop traders. And then in 2019, the BIS did the survey every three years. They did the next, and it had increased by like millions. So now with more and more millions of people getting into markets, I think a lot of people, especially people even in other countries, look to the US stock markets for their first trades. Like a lot of people come in and trade NASDAQ and Bitcoin and they trade S&P and they look for those volatile assets. So do you enjoy the volatility with your strategies or do you prefer less volatility? I'm sure you enjoy it, right? Because that's part of the reason you're turning to those. Yeah, I love I love the volatility. Um, do you use hard stops? I do now, yeah. Okay. Um, but sometimes I sometimes I won't. Okay. Um, sometimes I'll be a bit, yeah, I'll be a bit. Have you ever been burned not car, using car a hard stop? Have you ever been like fog right. a real stop? Yes, many a time. Do you think, do you think it's a real thing that brokers can see your stop loss? I mean, of course they can, because you set it as a pending order, but like, do you, in your opinion, do you think brokers are, oh, there's a bunch of stops there, drop the price and then come up. Do you think they really do that? Yeah, I do think so. Especially in the market makers. I think there's, that's definitely going on. They know exactly. And I think they work together as well. So they'll know if somebody's priced on a different exchange, they'll know the the liquidity providers will hundred percent know. Do you think, Um, um, and I see that's, no, I see that chatting to some some of some of the traders that I know that trade in real big size. I mean, they've told me that before. They've, of course, they've with been more size out of positions. Yep. yep. Yeah, because now they're going to come hunting for those stops, and they'll try to take the trade out. Yeah, definitely. I had an issue today. I wasn't in a trade, but I'm on my phone. It's about eleven o'clock in the morning. I'm going to the gym, and I'm seeing Bitcoin on my trading view on my phone. It's moving, and I'm I'm like I'm like you. Even if I don't have a position on, I watch. Bitcoin in the indices all day, all night. Cause it's just what I, like, it's how I trade my best. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's moving on trading view, but this looks different than on my MetaTrader. And I have both of the apps on my phone and I go into the MetaTrader, six bars on the 15 minute, five bars on the 15 minute were not painting. It was frozen on Bitcoin for the first time that I'd ever seen. So do you ever run into liquidity issues, specifically liquidity with your, uh, with Storm or do they have really good liquidity and they are, they're able to get you into these markets no matter what? Because I feel like that's a priority no. for, that you probably get when you're working with a real prop firm, not a funding company, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it depends on, on which asset classes we're trading. I mean, the equity market, we, try, we trade directly into the market. So they will sometimes have liquidity issues. 
Okay. But trading in the futures market, we we most of the time won't have liquidity issues. We'll we'll be able to get out or get in, whatever it may be. That's good. But uh, yeah, uh, back to back to the Bitcoin because um, I I have I've had my fair share of trading in Bitcoin actually. Um, yeah. I started trading. Yeah. So when was it? So about five years after I started trading and and okay. my my journey. That's when I started to look around and see what else is there to trade and i started messing around in forex and i started messing around in in a few other things and then then bitcoin i actually i did a trip to new york and and i went to wall street and i, I went to go and meet up with some guys that i knew and, and and went and chatted to them and all these guys were trading equities but they were like no yeah you got to start trading bitcoin this is going to be the new big thing and so i went back to south africa then and uh started buying a bit of Bitcoin, but not just buying and holding. I actually started trading it um, nice. <clears throat> on leverage and, and started actually trying to catch some of the moves just because it was a new asset class. And it was so volatile. And right. and I, I saw a lot of those liquidity. Um, I mean, I saw a lot of those like liquidity pushing out stops in, in um, on those exchanges. Yeah. And uh, that opened my eyes up quite a lot. Is it because they have yeah, no regulation? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and no. I saw that happening a lot. Um, Does it turn but, you off, I, or did you like it? Were you like, I'm going to figure this out regardless? Well, I liked it because yeah. then, it, well, then you could almost feel. And I would try to jump on trades when I could see that they were like those uh, liquidation orders were coming through, and I would ju jump on trades and try to catch that. And, yeah, uh, I actually did quite yeah. nicely doing that back back in the day. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's very interesting. Mark, I also wanted to ask a question because on, on Friday we were speaking about um, so the difference between when you trade the indices and you like you let's say you have your your pending order for your stop right let's say you in and it and it tags you on your stop on the indices right you're going to get stopped out if you risk a thousand bucks you're out at a thousand bucks right but you're telling me about the equity sometimes on the JSE you're telling me that it was trading like six billion volume right compared to when COVID was it was at fifteen billion if I'm not mistaken wow. half um so like half yeah, yeah. um. And you're telling me like sometimes like you just didn't have buyers or, or bu when you're when buyers or sellers trying to take you out at the price that you want to know gap down. So explain the difference to the guys, that are, the traders that are listening between uh, getting stopped out uh, trading Forex or in the indices, the futures um, compared to the equity market. Yeah. So with the equity market, when you're trading into the market, unless you're using maybe a, 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 a market making sort of uh, uh, platform, the equity market itself, especially here on the JSE, and I mean, I've seen a little bit on the US, but the US is a lot more liquid. So you won't, you if you put a stop in, you'll you'll probably get that price or close to it. Sure. On the JSE, you put in a stop to try get out of a, a share. Say say the shares at hundred bucks, and you you buy or you buy at hundred bucks, and you put a stop in at ninety bucks. Sometimes there won't be stock at ninety bucks, and all of a sudden your stop will execute at eighty bucks. So right. you would take it. A twenty dollar loss, loss, call it um, that double loss, um, and it's out of your hands because the stock would execute, but it would hit the next available bid. Yeah, um, and then that's yeah, you would take the knock. So that's why I actually stopped trading with stop losses on the the JSC, or at least guaranteed stop losses, because it was a, a bit of a risk to me if, if it was breaking news or something, and a share went down, it would stop me out, um, and then all of a sudden it would bounce back up. So yeah, I, I would. That's why my execution became so good because I would then maybe turn my position i'll go short but sure. at the touch of a finger like i'd be i'd be so quick um and that was a yeah i mean back to that execution thing it was a big thing yeah. for me getting yeah. that execution right yeah. um do you and have now, a... that, that was also 
Okay. Sorry, that was before the before the days of hotkeys and all that as well. That's so what I was going to say. Now easier. you probably have yeah. something where you're just boom, 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 and it's done, like a little shortcut. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, right. much easier. Um, with, but yeah. with all your experience, Mark, what do you find? What, like, why are you still trading, but all these other guys that came through the firm, they failed? What do you think is the biggest reason traders fail? I guess it's going to come down to your risk management. Um, more specific. Tell me you know, more. So you never want to blow yourself out or blow yourself up. You always want to be able to accept a loss. Yes, maybe it's a bigger than a loss than you, you sort of wanted, but it's not going to wipe you out. You don't, you don't want to get wiped out. You want to be able to come back the next day, reset, or even if it's not the next day, come back the next week and just be able to come back and play. You don't yeah. want to ever be in a situation where you've been wiped out. And I, I've seen it with guys uh, throughout my career that that actually did wipe themselves out could that's to the point where they were actually in debt and they could never come back. And, and yeah, it was, it got pretty ugly and, and it can get ugly quickly. I mean, yeah. you, you get yourself into a hole in trading. It's hard to get out of that hole. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big, big thing I would say. Risk um, management, controlling your position size. So you're saying this mindset of even at a prop firm. So, cause you know, people are listening to this and they're like, if I could just make it at a prop firm, they must know something different. I've been telling everybody that I don't think it is. Survival is the answer. Just stay in the game long enough until you find the strategy that you do well, and then you'll be able to do better with that. You know, I feel like people, like you said, they self, I call it self-sabotage. You titled it risk management. It's the same thing. Yeah. They get in their own yeah. way. They think that they, instead of just taking the one loss, how many times have you seen a guy go one trade down by 930 and by 4 PM, he's seven trades down. You know what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. they go off tilt very easily. So tilt, do, you, yeah, yeah. do you have any tips for people that are trying to avoid going off tilt? Is it get off the chart and go meditate in the woods or like, what do you do to, <laughs> to, to keep it so that the brain can take the loss? Like, how do you have no ego? I guess is what I'm saying. I think you've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be conscious that you take the loss and you've got to realize that you've made a mistake and you're going to make the mistake over and over again. Um, it's going to happen in trading. But you've just got to learn. And even if it's just learning a little bit more, you've got to learn from each mistake and try and prove on each mistake um, to, so to know that the next mistake is not going to be as big or the, the next loss is not going to be as big sort of thing. Yeah. Um, size down when the market's not giving you anything or when you're coming back, go back to demo. I actually did a, a period where I did three months back on demo when I was going through a bad patch in, in 2018. Um, and it's... Yeah, I, I missed trading, but it also just gave me the discipline again to just like, okay, calm down, don't get Even all rushed. Seven years chase. into your trading, you still did that, bro. That shows that it, you exactly, don't yeah. have an ego when it comes to your trading, and I think that is why one of the reasons why you probably succeed is you were like, hey man, I'll go back to demo. I don't have any ego to get in the way and be like, I gotta start trading because if you yeah. went and started trading right then, you probably would have lost more money, right? Because the step back yeah. allowed you to refocus and rethink, get in the longer term time horizon thinking, just get the brain working in the right way again, you know? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it did and helped my trading so much. When I came back, I think I had a my record month was the month I came back. I was going to say, I bet you that's how it worked. Yeah, so do you yeah. Think yeah. Right yeah. now, in current market conditions, people because you know, right now with it not being twenty twenty, people are getting blown out. Mm. Everybody who was a day trader is no longer a day trader, right? Because you couldn't just buy something and make mm. money. It's different now. Yeah. Do you think that? Yeah, sure. Something we are seeing is that aggressive profit taking sooner 
at maybe instead of waiting for three R you're getting out at one R and locking your stop. That has been a big thing for us. Have you seen anything like that? Or is it maybe the opposite and you're running trades longer? Like, what is your opinion on that? No, I think that that's, that's quite correct. Um, and I have seen that in the market right now. Um, guys are a little bit tighter. Nobody's wanting to really go. I guess nobody knows which direction it's going to go that's now. It. And it's, it's, it's making it a lot trickier. Yeah. Um, with with maybe a few months back, there was a, the market was selling off quite aggressively, and it it just felt like everybody was on the wrong side of the ship, and everybody was getting caught long. Guys were picking bottoms, and they were just getting getting tossed over day by day. And it almost feels like now, like talking right now, that the markets it might squeeze a little bit. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of guys that have also learned about shorting, and then now they're playing the other side of the ship. And yep. I feel like the <laughs> That's just personal what I, what I think could but happen. I think there's I'm sure of- you've seen everybody talking about we're right at that 200-day moving average, same thing from 2008, mm. then it dropped 50%. So exactly, yeah. right when everybody thinks that's what's going to happen, that's normally not what happens. It normally... Exactly. Yeah. you gotta be, you got to be you got to be two or three steps ahead of the game. Yeah, there. you really um, do. And yeah, and I An think that the retail trader... You know, you have a lot of experience, which is why you're going to come in in a period like this. And you're not going to be saying short everything, short everything. It's going to repeat. You're saying, let's think two and three steps ahead. More traders are in more amateur trader every, you know, how is that going to Mm. impact this? And I think a new trader would come in and say, oh, history is going to repeat itself. Short everything. (sighs) But experience says, no, that's not always how it works. We could get another 20% to the upside before we get another 40% to the downside, you know? Yeah. Exactly that. Um, I think I think oh. in this market now you've got to be a bit more uh, reactive than reactive. predictive. You got to yeah. You got to mm. you got to and and the opportunities will be there every day. Yeah. Um, you just got to react rather than sitting on a trade that might not be going your way right now, and then all of a sudden your mind starts turning. Oh, why is it not going my way? And right. you get into yeah, you start getting into those, start getting into your, your bad psyche there. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Where if you just sit sitting on your hands for a little bit, waiting, counting to ten before you enter the trade, um, you might find that oh, all of a sudden the opportunity pops up. React, hit it, make your cash, move out, look again, sort of thing. I love yeah. that. I have two, um, two. I got a two-part oh, question. Then you go, James. Okay, perfect. Why don't you trade gold? And do you think gold is manipulated? I actually do trade a bit of gold. Okay, good. Um, um, but I've been burnt in gold before. Same. Uh, yeah, purely because maybe there I was trying to predict this should happen. This is gold price should do this, and and it it never really plays out um, like you think it should. And I don't know if it is manipulated or if it's yeah how is it not over two thousand you know within five yeah that's what i'm saying i'm like how are they keeping this price under two thousand that's why i I, when people ask me about gold i'm always like i think gold should be four thousand dollars so it makes sense that it's very tough to like especially on a day trading basis just the volatility is crazy it'll pin you out it'll pin a hundred pips higher and then still fall if you were short and then still fall yeah it's violent bro it's violent it is what were you gonna say james so I wanted to ask Mark, so Mark, um, since you've been trading full time now, um, and Mark's uh, got, uh, got a son now, and he's married to, uh, as I said, my, my mate's um, sister, uh, trading full time. So what does your day look like now um, on, an, on a day-to-day basis? Because I think lots of people are intrigued by 
trading full time, right, yeah. Mark? They, you know, that thing, oh, but I trade full time and whatever. And it's, yeah. I think, so just tell us what your day-to-day basis looks like. And also maybe, because um, I know you're on a more personal level, maybe if you could want to tell the, uh, the, the listeners about your side business that you also are doing on top of your trading that keeps you uh, active while at the desk when maybe the markets aren't creating opportunities or providing opportunities. Yeah, sure. Um, so back to how my day day works or sort of the, the timeline of my day. I mean, I'll be up early and I, uh, for me, I'll be up early in South Africa. I'll be up at 5, 5 a.m. And the first thing I'll do is I'll check the Asian markets and Australian markets and, and see what's going on there, see how the commodities are trading, see what's going on with the currencies, um, see if there's any moves there just to, just to see how my day is going to go um, in terms of do I need to be at my desk at nine or do I go and carry on with my life? Yeah, yeah I'll get to sleep. In. There's, there's no sleeping in now with a child, but uh, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it used to, it, it used to be sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in general, I always like to be at my desk from, from the, the market opening. So the South African market and the London market open the same time. So call it the London session. I'll, I'll always be at my desk for that first hour just to see, I might, I'll, often won't trade just because the market's still unsure about direction. And I think the U.S. leads the market, the markets in globe, uh, globally. So yeah, I, I won't, I won't get, yeah, I won't get married to any sort of direction then and there. My, my best time of the day for trading is when the U.S. market opens and that's about three o'clock our time, three thirty our time. Yep. Um, and obviously I'll be watching the pre-market as well here with equities and stuff, just to, to get a good read on, on what's going on in the NASDAQ or, or the dial to see if there's any big shares moving there sort of thing um but that is probably the best time of the day for me to trade the south african market the u.s market in fact everything those those few hours are, are the the time of the day so back to then the side business yeah i started a, a side business with a mate of mine uh, about 18 months ago nice. and it's still it's still in the early phases but it's yeah basically it's just a fast food business and we, we nice. kind of yeah start a, a fast food chain of, of a, a new brand um, that's selling, awesome yeah selling fast food um to, to south africans that's awesome <laughs> so, why, why fast food? yeah what pushed you to want to do that i just feel like um when when i moved to to durban from cape town i i needed to I was getting lonely trading and I felt like I kind of need to do something else with my time because I am going to just lose money if I sit at the desk all day and, and force trades or, or so I just thought well let me try to be a bit entrepreneurial and, and, and let's just think what what do people want and what are people always going to want and, and I just thought okay food yeah yeah exactly and it's in an emerging market like South Africa people are on yeah on the move all, all the time and they don't have time to go and cook and whatever so I just thought well let me focus on food and that's sort of how that stems out. Does that help? Yeah. Do you think, does it help keep you busy so you're not stuck at the desk forcing trades? Absolutely, right? It's got to be. It it does, but then- But what about when you miss a times, trade? Yeah, exactly. Often there's times <laughs> when I'm when I'm like, ah, oh, I need to be at my desk. But I, yeah. I mean, I've been quite good now with 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 trading on my phone as well. Uh, nice. I've, I've actually become really good with it. And that's, nice. that's made a big difference to me. Yeah, so I can trade on the go and I can trade on the move, which helps a lot. Nice. I love it. 
Yeah. I love Mark, Mark is super. How Mark comes across to me like he's a jack of all trades. Like he can. I know, bro. Mark trades every like asset tra- and then yeah. and he can come up. He's like, hmm, I like this on the phone. Let me take a position. On the I know, phone. Bro. You can do it all. I think. I think what we should do, boys. I think we should stop our first conversation here because it's been an hour. Let's see what the comments say. Everybody listening, if you watched all the way through, listened all the way through, put a comment on Spotify, on iTunes, or on YouTube. Let us know what questions you want us to ask Mark next time when we bring him on for round two. But listen, Mark. Thank you very much for coming on, brother. It's been fantastic. I'm sure there's been some value for everybody, new traders, experienced traders, just new insight because talking to somebody who has so much experience always brings value. And James, I appreciate you bringing him on, bro. This has been a really, really good episode. I agree. Thanks, Mark. We do appreciate it. Yeah, Mark, have a great rest of your day. James, thank you too, bro. And for everybody listening, we'll see you guys the next episode. Thanks, guys. Being great.